When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 95-92, Houston Livingston looking to get it in, looking to get it in. Finds Curry in the corner, got it off in time. He missed it! And And now game four is finally, officially over as the Rockets come to Oracle Arena here in Oakland and win it 95-92, tying this series at two games apiece. And who would have thunk it after the Rockets are down 12-0 to begin this one? Is that our guy, Matt Thomas? I believe so. I think That's that is Matt Thomas. He's got a different voice when he's doing uh, play-by-play than when we used to do a match game on the, uh, on the show here. With it's the, the Rockets Radio Network. That's, that's all yeah, I got there. I didn't get a name on it. But I think it's Matt Thomas, yeah. He was on with uh, uh, Phil and Judd today. Uh, well, I got a couple of questions. A, how can that idiot official, Mike whatever his name is, that who is that little smartass that everybody hates? <laughs> oh, uh the little guy that's uh, been in the league forever. Dick Bavetta. No, 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 no. The referee who decided there were .05 seconds. I don't know. His name one, escapes me, but yeah, I know. There was one-tenth maximum. I know. Maximum before you blow the whistle. That would have been one of the greatest injustices in basketball history. If Curry would have tied the game. Although they showed the replay on the post game, and I don't think I don't think Steph got it off in time anyway. The last shot that that was on that. Yeah, well, on that with play these there. crooks, who knows? How could they possibly <laughs> put five tenths on? I don't know. And why didn't D'Antoni go nuts when they did? I suppose I he was know. afraid. That that little guy that's been around forever. That is, he's he just got in a big flap a couple of weeks ago by throwing some guy I, out. I will something. admit. How the I, hell as as long they as I've talk? been, as long and as much as I follow the NBA, I'm not good on my referee names outside of, uh-huh. you know, Ed Malloy. It, it was ridiculous. There was, it, the question was, is there a tenth to go or nothing? Right. And all of a sudden they put a half second on so he can get a because shot Clay, off. Because Clay missed the initial shot on the previous yeah. possession. And Chris Paul got the rebound, and the clock went to zero, and we're thinking, yeah. oh, the game's yeah, over. Well, and then, they, and then oh, his, we got to review it. And the guy then they jumped add, off his, over his back, but you yeah. can't call it from when the foul is committed. you got to right. call it from when you call it. Yeah, It's not from when the foul was committed. Although they do do that, though. I mean, when they when they decide they want to look at something, they'll they'll say, "Well, when when did the foul happen?" They don't. Well, you got. They don't. They don't. They never. You got. When it comes to reviewing stuff, they never. The time it took you to call it. No, Ed Malloy. No, it wasn't Ed Malloy. (laughs) Oh, damn! It wasn't. This guy might be worse than Ed Malloy. (laughs) Whatever. He's been around forever, but I couldn't believe it. And then Houston lets Curry get the shot off. Yeah. Meanwhile. 12 points in the fourth quarter for the Golden State Warriors with some of that. At home. You know what? 
Tibbs should have been running that offense in the fourth quarter. They would have had better shots. They had yeah. what was wrong with them? They were just throwing up garbage. Yeah, it was a lot of isolation. The Warriors had 14 assists last night Total. as a team. Total. Yeah. And what was the and final they, score? 95-92. Holy crap. For those yeah. two teams. 14 assists. Pretty... And the Rockets only had 12, I think. Well, what's amazing, Chris, is it's 12-0. And yeah. then the Rockets come back in the second quarter, and they're only down, or they were up. At they were time. up, yeah. They were up at three. And then, boom. The third Golden quarter. State blows them out in the third quarter. Curry goes Everybody's off. bragging, and you know, the guys on TV are going nuts about how great Golden State It's going to be 3-1. Then they get 12 points in the fourth quarter. Oh, the Rockets. That's a hell of a game. Reavers, the Rockets did not have a point. Not forget about field goals. They didn't have a point until just under seven minutes left in the in the first quarter. Wow! It was a steal by Harden, and he went over and dunked it, and that was their first points of the game. I did enjoy the the missed dunk by Draymond Green. We could, and it, the missed dunk or him getting dunked on by Harden yeah. earlier oh, I, in the game. What, wasn't, didn't he have a missed dunk, too? He did, yeah, 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 yeah. that's what yeah. I thought. Okay. But, but the, he, he got dunked the on by Harden he before that. The reason he didn't get high enough. <laughs> he didn't get high enough. Right? He hit the yeah. front of the rim. He hit the side of the rim, He got basically. blocked by the rim. <laughs> I'm kind of with Barkley. I'm not a Draymond Green. And I don't really well, have Barclay's anything against Golden now, State, but Barclay's I don't like Draymond Green. taking a cheap shot Dray- at him every chance yeah. he can get. Draymond now. is, Draymond is kind of like, he's kind of like A.J. Pierzynski, where it, you, yeah. you, if he's on your team, you love him. If well, he's not on your team, that you, much when he was on that's our true. team, but go ahead. That's true. But, but if, he, if he's not on your team, you cannot stand it. That's That's Draymond Green. But who's the last six foot six guy who basically played center when he had to in this league? Oh, yeah. he's a good player. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I'm just, I just, I don't know. I just don't like no. the guy. He is. He would be a guy that if you were an official, you'd say when the game starts, you'd say, "Boy, I hope I get a chance to screw him." You know, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, he just is. Ah, this. You know, it's all. He's an agitator. But on a know, team like that, he, his role is vital. But yes. anyway, kind of it was, we finally yes. had a game, and we got two series tied 2-2. Now, Manny, you are uh, all in on LeBron uh, winning this series in six, right? Well, after the first two games, I thought the Celtics were probably going to win but, it in six. Yeah, but you, now, uh, your, but your comment said, Monday was if they don't win uh, game four, they're in trouble. Yeah, they're in trouble because now the Cavs seem to have a little bit of a head of, head of steam now. Now they're going back to Boston for game five. So they we'll see. The Celtics have been really good at home in the playoffs. And, I mean, we'll see. But LeBron oh. always seems to be good for one road win in every series. So we'll And see. Cleveland is, uh, I think Cleveland's better than this remnants of this Boston team. But but they certainly didn't look that way there. Anyway, two and two. We got two series in the NBA that are two and two. The uh, conference finals. Hooray, hooray. It's uh, last year after it was such a boring uh, playoffs that was that wasn't too bad. Meanwhile, we uh, not because of Chris Long, okay? Because <laughs> but you got to root for the Caps tonight, can't you? Don't you? Well, you guys know they I'm a Lightning through, guy, so I, I they like went the Lightning. Through so much torture, though they've gone through so much yeah, torture. They have. And Ovi, I love Ovechkin. I I'm mean, a big Ovechkin guy. People give him a hard time, and he works his arse off trying they to say he's not clutch, and oh, he can't win yeah. the big one. But wait a minute, I thought you're the guy that you you love when the fans get the gut punch and the heart ripped out of their body. Yeah, but this is in Tampa, so let it let it let them get. But the Capitals are kind of like the Vikings of hockey. I like it when the yes, they are. Except. 
They've been better. Here, here's what's <laughs> they've been better. <laughs> here's they've what's been there every guys. year. Here's what's, what's interesting, their, though. Their game seven records, 2-11 and 11 or something like something that. Something like that, yeah. Well, yeah. here's what's interesting. Alex, Ovech, Alex Ovechkin and Chris Paul, they've both been in their leagues, I think, for the same amount of time. I think they both came into the their leagues at the, in the same year, and this is both their first conference finals. Wow. So, I mean, this is... You got two guys that have been great and finally getting this far for the first time in their careers. And I don't know. We'll see. Come on, Obi. Meanwhile, we'll be talking to Kevin Seifert. He's been covering the uh, NFL's paranoia about the national anthem. And when Seifert gets on the phone, I want you guys to stand up and come to attention. <laughs> Kevin Seifert, NFL Nation blog, and he gets to cover stuff for ESPN.com, like the national anthem protest controversy. The owners have finally straightened out what they want to do. Explain this to me, sir. Well, uh, Patrick, they have come up with a rule that uh, they think effectively will stop uh, players from protesting during the national anthem, but will not require them to stop doing it. And so basically what will happen is, uh, players, um, anyone on the field uh, for the anthem, players, team personnel, coaches will all be required to stand for the, for the, during the performance. If they don't want to stand, then they're asked to go stay in the locker room until after it's over with. And so it's not directly telling people that, uh, that they have to stand up for the anthem, but it just means if they are out there, they do have to do that, but they have another option. So if if I, he, what if I yawn, what if I yawn during the anthem? Yeah. Do, we have a, do we have a Greg Coleman-type uniform police <laughs> sitting there make sure that I did everything properly during the anthem? That was one of the questions we asked. How do you define what a protest is? And the answer we got back was uh, we'll know it when we see it. And I think, actually, that makes some sense. You know, if you're if your uh, intent is to it's a protest, your intent is to draw attention to yourself. I don't think they'll be subtle. I think it'll, you know, it won't be a very good protest if people are trying to figure out whether that was a protest or a yawn. So uh, I don't know if that issue is actually going to come up, but we did ask that question, and if it does not appear as though they have a lengthy, detailed list of what exactly will include. Uh, We'll include that, but that doesn't mean they won't come up with one, I suppose. And you do know this, right? I mean, they do know this, that whoever comes out of the locker room will then be targeted yeah. by the fans to be booed. And right. the AP stories that are written on the game and everywhere else will, as they told us last year, who uh, protested, they yeah. will tell us who came out of the locker room late. Uh, 100%. Even yeah. if they went in for treatment? Yes. Even if they uh, had an emergency bathroom episode? <laughs> yes. Uh, you almost these players will unfortunately probably be in a position where they'll have to clarify why they were not on the field or else it'll be assumed it was in some passive protest. But at least there won't be the visuals, I guess, of, of somebody kneeling, or at least that's what the NFL is hoping. So who was hottest for this? I know Jerry Jones was uh, big on this. Now can well, big, if can Jerry find me if I'm one of his players who chooses yep. to go to the locker room? Yeah, that was another complicated uh, twist that they had to put into this to satisfy what was actually a very divided group of owners. But there was no consensus, really, so they had to come up, take everybody's ideas and squash them into one. So if a player does, in fact, kneel or otherwise protest, the, the league can't discipline that player, but they, can, they will fine the team. Yes. And then it's up to the team to decide whether they will fine or otherwise discipline the player or let it go. And there's already been at least one owner, Christopher Johnson of the New York Jets, who has said 
He will not discipline players if they protest. He'll pay the fine um, to the league, but he won't further fine any players. So that uh, that is why uh, that is how it will go, and and the reason is. Uh, many owners didn't want there to be the direct connection of the league disciplining players for protests. So they're basically leaving it up to the teams. Uh, owners like Jerry Jones and Bob McNair, who really, really, really don't want anybody kneeling and, and hate it, um, will probably, uh, it will certainly have the opportunity to, to find or otherwise discipline guys for it. Um, the people, the, the, the owners who really didn't want to have that direct link or didn't want to be in position where it looked like they were taking away uh, free speech or anything like that. We'll let it. We'll be able to let it go, and the player will essentially be able to protest without discipline. Uh, and, and can Jerry order people not to go to the locker room? No, I guess is what I'm wondering. Oh, no, can, can, no, they can. No, he cannot. He and cannot. That's that's actually a good point and something I'm sure the union will be um, appropriately uh, monitoring because. Even uh, even the, because that's that's the point, one of the big points of the of the policy is to give players who don't feel comfortable for whatever reason standing during the anthem a, a place to go and something to do other than than kneel. And so, if he were to pressure or otherwise tell people that they can't do that, that would be in direct violation of a rule. But to be honest, it's not a collectively bargained rule, so I'm not sure where the what recourse the NFL PA would have. But that would absolutely be a violation of the league's policies and if anything the league itself should discipline jerry jones if that ever came up uh what else is happening at these spring meetings that could uh cause some interest or do we spend all our time worrying about the anthem well this is actually probably the busiest spring i don't even know if people knew there were spring meetings uh, yes. before this one this was the busiest one by far they they approved the um uh, the changes to the kickoff, which yes. they hope will drive down the concussion numbers and, and allow owners to to keep it, but they only approve the changes for one year, so next year at this time they'll be revisiting it, and if the numbers don't go way down, then possibly they'll eliminate it, possibly they'll take more dramatic action to change it, but that's a one-year uh, thing. And then they also approve the new helmet rule, which is a 15-yard penalty if you lower your head to initiate contact with an opponent and flagrant examples of those will be ejected. And it's kind of mar- uh, uh, mirrored off the NCAA targeting rule, but not really. Um, but that's uh, that was also approved. That one has created a lot of confusion. I don't think it's going to be quite as dramatic as everybody thinks it will be in terms of drama- entirely changing the game, but there will probably be a few extra penalties, especially early in the year as people get used to it. So uh, the the kickoff return. I mean, what more could you do to keep it uh, I, than this? Than to allow you to make fair catches and then get the ball at the twenty five? And they're doing everything they can to get you to not return kickoffs. You might as well just put them on the twenty five. Yeah, they actually. Yeah, and they're trying to they're, to balance that because if you if you create a, such an incentive to take the touchback, then really you're just creating a dead play, and they're already at sixty percent touchbacks. Um, yes. on all kickoffs. So they don't want that. What they want to do is create a safer and more conducive environment for returns. And so really in the big picture, what they did was handcuff the kickoff coverage team a lot like they've handcuffed the defense in the passing game. Uh, and so if, if any big uh, positive consequence comes to this other than reduce injuries, it's that returners will have a much better chance to uh, get off big returns and will probably be less incentivized to take touchbacks and 
and and that sort of well, thing. What, so what am I? I can't works. I can't leave until when now then or I can, and I can't a I can't. Well, the the, the 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 kickoff coverage team can't doesn't have a head start anymore. They used to get a five yard head start. And it doesn't sound like much, but the coaches that I talked to have actually run kind of drills and experiments to see how much further you can get down the field with a five-yard head start than without one, and it's significant. So there's going to be significantly more space between the returner and the coverage team now than there was. And so that is one of them. The other thing they have to do is line up five guys on either side of the kickoff, and they can't do any of those weird looping things that you sometimes see or twists that make it harder for the return team to block. And so, How about onside kicks? I still I can't do it on onside kicks either? The looping thing? No, you cannot. Everything uh, The rules for the onside kick don't change, but you can't. You have to have five guys on either side. But to be honest, the, the old kickoff, the old onside kick um, alignment of like eight guys on one side and two on the other, that had kind of um, petered oh, out wait. anyway. Yeah. Because team, it was obvious where the ball was going and... and so that, that I don't know how much that was being used anymore, but yeah, the, the onside kick, um, you still have to have five guys on, on. You now have to have five guys on either side um, and can't load up. And I, I can't. And on the kickoff, I can't block you with a wedge of uh, they somehow. What right. are they, who's in charge of determining who uh, who's got a wedge going or not? That's well, the official in the back can see it, but basically, you anytime uh, guys that are in that in the back end come together to try to block with their shoulders within two yards of each other that's considered a wedge Whoa. so that can't happen anymore but they also they realigned the return team too where eight guys have to be in the front so and the and the um only three guys back and all three of those guys are going to be more like return guys and not really like big offensive linemen anyway so i think that i don't think that the wedge thing is going to be hard to officiate kevin no don't Every time they do something, they make the world tougher for the officials, don't they? <laughs> yes, yes. The, uh, I think the kickoff part is going to be okay. I really don't envy them on this helmet rule one yeah. where they're trying to figure out who lowered their heads and who was trying to initiate contact and whether a running back was trying to bowl a guy over or if he was just bracing for impact. You know, you lower your head when you brace for impact. And so yeah. I don't envy them on that play especially, but... Hopefully the kickoff thing won't be too bad. No, and of course, uh, are we convinced that we have the uh, the uh, touchdown on the pass reception in the end zone figured out? Do we, do we, do we, are we convinced we have that figured out? Yeah, what a long offseason it's been that I almost forgot that they also <laughs> tried to fix the catch rule in the yes. same offseason. So, yes, uh, we, I think they feel like that... Uh, they, that is now, uh, uh, if you're, uh, the, the catch rule has now been simplified. I still wonder whether we're going to get into debates, not about whether they maintain control of the ball throughout the process, but whether they, uh, whether they in fact had a football move before they were tackled. But that's, uh, that's just uh, minor pickles, I guess, compared to what we normally had. Kevin Sievers with us. Kevin, my explanation for the uh, catch rule would be we're going to go from erring on the side of incomplete to erring on the side of complete. That's, uh, that's, that's the way I would. I think we're more likely to just call it a touchdown now if it looks like yeah, a touchdown, definitely. right? That's, oh, yeah, yeah. They want the eye test to, to have weight. and. The last thing they want is something that looks like all all of us as a touchdown being ruled incomplete by some bizarre twist of the rule book that nobody ever intended. So meanwhile, Brian Robeson, a very noble Viking up here, uh, signed a nice contract about uh, four or five years ago, has been allowed to return 
uh, at the minimum and take a $2.35 million pay cut. In other words, he's lost 70% of his salary. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, all these knucklehead players spend all their time worrying about the nonsense instead of just the fact that they get robbed on the money. Yeah, you know, if I if I um if I were an NFL player, I would ask not to be shown any part of my contract other than the guarantees. Yes. Because that and I think most of them have that. I think Brian Robinson especially, he knows that. He knew that when he signed that big deal way back when. Uh what we've always pushed for is just a change in the way contracts are reported. Yes. You know, like like let's just let's just say how much guaranteed money they'll they'll get and over what period of time and when the when the likely inflection point is you know at what point will the team have to decide whether to resign him cut him you know uh, give him a, uh, a a pay cut or what have you and so uh, but it's hard when when there's a lot of agents fueling the the uh, information and they want to get their best foot forward and the initial numbers turn out to be vastly inflated but. Um, and, I, and in Brian's case, especially, I'm sure he knew exactly what the possibilities were. And uh, you know, if, if if you get a contract that says 50 million, just you know, get rid of that number and tell me what the number is that I'll get if I don't play another down. And that's really um, what any smart NFL player does. Unfortunately, that's the case, uh, unlike in other sports. But I'm sure more than we realize, um, they know that as well. Yeah, that's uh, that is uh, probably the case. But uh, uh, I. That's what they got to do is just realize that try to get seventy percent of it guaranteed instead of forty. You know, yeah. that's I mean that's the yeah, or get a shorter contract and yeah, that's the, that's the other part is is you if you if you're signing a contract that has years where you're tied in but there's no guaranteed money so they can keep you if they want but if they don't want to they they cast you aside for nothing. That's the double whammy of NFL contracts. All right. Hey, Kevin, thanks for your time, sir. Okay, Patrick. All right, Kevin Seifert, uh, NFL Nation blog, ESPN.com, and a regular during the football season on the ride with Ricey. We shall return. Johnny Hike to tell us the heartbreaking details of the Twins' defeat to Gardy's feisty (laughs) Bengals today. Uh, thanks, Patrick. This update sponsored by Firestone Complete Auto Care. Firestone Complete Auto Care, keeping cars running newer, longer. Whatever you drive, drive a Firestone. Uh, twins do lose to the Tigers down at Target Field this afternoon. 4-1, to one, Nico Goodrum, former twin. There were people on Twitter mad that the Twins let him go. Really? Yes. Okay. <laughs> were they mad when they let him go? No. No. Okay. They probably didn't even know <laughs> who he was. He had a couple hits today, including a home run. Uh, making the I rounds... got a better idea. Be mad at the fact they scored one run. That would yeah, be what right. you, you want to be mad. Twins with five hits, three of those from Eddie Rosario. And one of the other hits is getting a lot of play all over the Internet. Uh, that was Brian Dozier leading off the game, hitting one to dead center field, and yes. the ball sticking in the fence right at the very top. Yes. Just stopped, just mm-hmm. stuck there. It, uh, yes, that was very odd, wasn't it? Yeah, very odd. He got a double on that one. You'll see that all over the Internet. I've and, seen of course, the, uh, did the Twins get him home? Uh, yeah, Rosario. Yes. Yeah, Rosario. He's, Rosario. He's, he's scored, only yeah. run of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Twins will open up a weekend series against the Mariners in Seattle on Friday after an off day tomorrow. After three in Seattle, they play three in Kansas City and then back home for a 10-game homestand. Wow. And uh, mm-hmm. Seattle, uh, if they get two hits uh, tomorrow on uh, Friday night, I'll be surprised. <laughs> James Paxton, best lefty in the league right now. Mm. Better than Sale? 
Yeah, second best lefty. In the right now. <laughs> Other games today: Kansas City beat the Cardinals five to two. Milwaukee Ooh, two straight. Uh-huh. The lowly Royals beat the Cardinals. Milwaukee, uh, Milwaukee with a win over Arizona nine to two. Justin Verlander another win. He beats the Giants. Him and the Astros four. Finally, something goes right for Justin Verlander. Hey, and remember, <laughs> remember when the uh, the the praise for the. Arizona's in April was yeah. unbelievable off the charts. They've now, I believe that's 12 out of 13. Yep. Now. And everybody, the whole pack has moved up there yes. right behind them again. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Diego and Washington are scoreless in the fifth. St. Paul Saints back in action against the Chicago Dogs tonight at CHS Field. Saints have a four game winning streak and are four and one on the young season. Not any more of that under 500 nonsense that the Saints had <laughs> last year. NBA playoff basketball action right here tonight. The Cleveland Cavaliers in Boston to take on the Celtics. Uh, they are tied, of course, at two wins apiece in their series. That game will be at 7 right after the great outdoors on 1500 ESPN. A Wolves note, Jimmy Butler's been named to the NBA All-Defensive Second Team. He's Minnesota's first All-Defensive player since the 2006-07 season with Kevin, Kevin Garnett. Third <laughs> second team honors in his final Wolves season before he was traded to Boston. Uh, if you're wondering about this year, no other Timberwolves. Cat Cat didn't make her. Huh? No, no okay. one received All a right. vote. Nobody else. Mm-hmm. A Big Ten. How about turn- Jamal Crawford, sixth man on the defensive team for <laughs> A Big Ten baseball tournament action. The Gophers will start in about oh twenty minutes or so. Five o'clock game against Michigan State. Action already today. Michigan beat Iowa two to one, and Purdue was an eight to two winner over Ohio. Red hot Purdue. Uh, they the Gophers went in there about two months ago and beat them bloody, and they've lost two games since Purdue. Didn't they play half their games in Purdue this year too? Yeah, they did. They were went uh, six and zero in Purdue. I yeah, think. wow. Uh, Lenny Dykstra. Oh God, okay. this story is great. What the hell? <laughs> Hailed an Uber cab early this morning, then requested to change his destination. The driver refused. He was a forty-seven-year-old fella. Dykstra then uh, said he was putting a gun to the driver's head and threatened to kill him. Oh, that seems an overreaction. Driver had a bit of an ace up his sleeve. He simply sped straight to a garage attached to Linden Police Department headquarters, alerting officers by honking his horn repeatedly, then stepped out a front of police headquarters. Cops found no weapon when they arrested Dykstra, but they did find marijuana, cocaine, and ecstasy. Mm-hmm. Dykstra told the New York Daily News that contrary to the police report, he was not actually arrested. He blamed the driver for the incident. He said, the guy went nuclear on me. He bleeping kidnapped me and almost killed me going 100 <laughs> miles an hour. He locked me in his bleeping car and he wouldn't let me out. He was released on a summons to appear in court. Uh, and didn't, didn't you say, Pat, that he wasn't even the craziest guy on that 93 uh, Phillies team? Oh, no, Darren Dalton g- believed that we were in yeah. an alternate universe, that, 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 that none of it was real, that, that everything was taking place up here, and then we were we were just imagining what was going on down here. Wow, yeah. man. Yeah, they were fun. Man. Lenny's had some issues. Yeah. Well, he didn't he get into a fight with Mitch Williams at like a Phillies charity yeah, thing a couple right. of years ago? Yep. Yeah, Lenny like, never got a hit that he didn't have six greenies in him, too. He was uh, <laughs> he loved those amphetamines. He uh, looked like it, too. All right. Thanks, Jim. You bet. Uh-oh. Belted to right field. Nico turned on this one, and that ball is going to go. It is out of here. A two-run shot. For Nico Goodrum. And that's why he's back. Clean up. Go for, uh, what was the final? 4-1, right? Yes, 4-1, yep. I predict Taylor Rogers will uh, not be in Seattle. 
I got a hunch he's going east instead of west. He's been terrible. But we already got rid of a pitcher. Who? Who? Well, Bill. Hughes yesterday. Yes, but uh, I don't know. Maybe Gabriel Moya is not uh, pitching for Rochester. Maybe he's on the DL or something. Otherwise, they they will always make sure they got another lefty. But I saw Labelle's thing today suggested that the roster moves. The roster is in flux right now, and what they have in Seattle now. Ryan Lamar will probably stay at least through Friday. Because he'll have the privilege of facing Paxton, I would guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, left-hander that they got some guys. They are kind of getting Seattle at a decent time, though, with the Cano suspension. Got, D. Gordon just D. Gordon, got hurt. Yeah, that as far as the lineup's concerned. And Nelson Cruz is banged up, too, yeah. and mm-hmm. might be going on the DL. But all those things are not going to help tomorrow when that guy goes seven and two-thirds and allows two hits and right. <laughs> strikes out 14. Will we see the big fella on Friday? Uh, I suppose there's a possibility if he's if there's any indication in AAA that he's ready to go. But uh, he hit a home run last night. He did. I missed that. Okay. Well, good for him. I'm sure it was on a uh, was it on a slow breaking ball? That I can't answer. All right. Yeah, they they might bring him up. I guess they might. You know, so might as well run him out there and see what happens. Right? They're so feeble offensively right now. Doesn't help. Hey, the Gopher baseball team about to get started here against Michigan State. Uh, Big Ten champions, but of course, in baseball, uh, they don't... The Big Ten tournament used to be a six-team deal, and so if you finish first or second, you didn't have to play the first day in a double Mm -hmm. elimination tournament. That kind of comes in handy, but uh, now... With the addition of right Rutgers in Maryland and having 13 teams in a the league, they let eight of them in. And the fact that they don't come close to playing around Robin because there's not enough time and you got 13 teams, it probably does make sense. But uh, interesting thing the Gophers are going to do today, their two ace pitchers have been Reggie Meyer, who's a junior and is really good. He's their Friday guy. And the Fredrickson kid, who is the Big Ten Pitcher of the Year, the the freshman and the freshman of the year the the Fred the big tall kid from Washington, uh, Gig Harbor Washington has been their Saturday pitcher and those have been the two aces and the Sunday thing has all been in flux they've had different guys pitching they're going to start today a guy named Jake Stevenson who's a junior I th- who I believe started uh, a got rained out I think he was going to pitch Saturday and then he got rained out. He's going to start. He's only had a few starts this year. He's a junior. And because they wanted to keep uh, Meyer and Fredrickson on their on schedule once a, once a week mm-hmm. schedule. So if you win today with your third starter, maybe the you know third plus because they don't really have a third starter, then you got your two good guys coming up. On uh, hmm. on uh, Thursday and Friday, but they, the way the Big Ten has it set up is, you play double elimination in a four team bracket, so you only play in that bracket, right? And you don't play in the other bracket. You play a okay. double elimination in a four team bracket, and then and then those whichever team wins the bracket advances advances to play a one game Big Ten title game. Gophers are in the tournament no matter what. But the odds of uh, getting a good seed probably depend on 
doing well, at least in the Big Ten so tournament. How high of a seed do they stand to gain if they play well? I mean, they'd have I to win know, the they're tournament. They're ranked, but. Uh, they're ranked like 15th or something, 15 or so. Now, there are two stories on the regional. The If they win the Big Ten tournament, they would be in position probably to host a regional. But to host a regional, you have to cover some expenses. I'm not sure what they are. Mm. There are two stories on this. There was the original story that I gave you last week that the Gophers administration, the Coyle administration, showed no interest. And then... That was, uh, I, I got uh, texts and emails from them that they actually had made a bid for a regional. A regional, uh, yep. You know, if Antita was offered. And then the other story is they made such a miserly, lousy bid that they that, won't get it. That's what Jim Carter told Jim you, Carter right? Jim Carter said it. It's yeah. such a terrible. Jim Carter, okay, since he's out there on Twitter, is the one who told me originally they didn't make a bid. And then I was corrected that they had made a bid. But now Carter says it was such a miserly bid that they're not going to get it. When they so, submit mm-hmm. a bid, what are they submitting it for? I don't know. For? I don't know what it's made. Do they have to cover like hotels, hotels or some damn thing? They don't have to cover the travel, I'm sure. But I, they must have to cover some form of expenses. I, I don't know what it is. Hmm. A couple but, of nights but, at the Days in on campus. Uh, but the 16-seeded teams, if you're a seeded team, one of the 16-seeded teams... I think you're offered the opportunity if you have a decent ballpark. Now, uh, somebody told me that the the ballpark where Rutgers plays, where they played last week, wouldn't uh, they'd throw you out of the Dakota Rice League, Scott really? League, if, if it's if, that bad, huh? If it's that so bad. it's so so they would never have a regional. Okay, okay. so th- it's like this for any any team that wants to host a regional. They're responsible for covering the cost. something. Some cost. I'm so not what even if, sure. What so cost. what if every team? This wouldn't happen. But what no. if? What would the NCAA do if every team was just saying, "Screw you guys! I'm, we're not paying for anything." Well, what would they do? Well, they'd end up playing them all in the south with the nine southeast conference teams that bid, <laughs> and the uh, and the uh, four Big Eight teams that are uh, Big Twelve teams that bid. And uh, generally, you get uh, two or three teams on the West Coast. Six teams from the SEC, two teams from the ACC, and a bunch of them from the Big 12. Mm. But uh, this year, it's, uh, you know, the Big Ten's a little higher rated this year. They had they had seven teams that won 30 games. So, they're you know, they're, the league is pretty good, actually. It's never going to be as good as the Southern Leagues, but uh, the league is pretty good. So Forgive me if you mentioned this already, but when you're submitting a host, do you have to have multiple sites in the event of oh, no, weather enough, or is everything no, played no, at do, one? they'll just play it there. Everything at Siebert. Siebert's, you know, and, it's, and they'll, you know, just, hey, oftentimes when you play that, you know, the regional, they're still playing on Monday because of weather problems okay. and stuff like that. And then after that comes the super regional, you know, which is the 16 teams that win regionals play a best of three at the highest seeded team. Got it. Uh, best of three there, and uh, the winners go to the College, College World, World Series. Series, which would be fun. Gophers last there, 1973 with Winnie. With they were there with Winnie. Wow. 73. Did you go? No, I didn't. That's the great game where Winnie had 16, 17 strikeouts against Southern Cal. <clears throat> and they kicked up a rally in the, I think it was six or seven to nothing. Smalley was playing on that Southern Cal team. And uh, 
and they kicked up a rally, and Winnie had thrown like 160-some pitches. They didn't oh, count pitches then. But they finally went and let him leave. He was exhausted. They put him out in left field. They put in some a couple of pitchers who couldn't get him out, and they Siebert walked back out and asked Winnie if he could go back in the game. <laughs> oh Winnie gosh. said, I can't scratch my knee. Right. So uh, Southern Cal ended up getting like eight runs and rallied to beat him. And Smalley's always said, we would have gotten 50. That was Freddie Lynn. Smalley, I mean, they wow. had, they were a powerhouse. They had Dower, I think, Rich Dower. Was okay. what, did, what did Roy do in that game? Did he, did he get a couple of hits? I, or I'd have to look it up, but I think, yeah, he did. But he always mm. said if we needed 15, we would have got him. It was just, it was just, they were just on fire and they were that good, you know. So anyway, that's uh, go for uh, baseball. They, this team's pretty good. If they can get enough starting pitching, they're pretty good. Please, we'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. Patrick? Get back here in about 20 minutes and we'll pick him up. i tell you, if that boy didn't have his head strapped on him, and lose it. <laughs> hey, isn't that Malcolm there? I got a bad tie, I ain't got no spare. Uh, we didn't hear all the bullets there. Uh, yeah, I, I decided to. On this you know, day in history, May 23rd, 1934, of course, that was a uh, scene from the great movie, Bonnie and Clyde. On this day in May, uh, May 23rd, 1934, Bonnie Parker and Clyde Barrow were assassinated in uh, <laughs> Sales, Louisiana. Uh, they, uh, of course, if you've seen the movie, you've seen them, uh, uh, the way they turn the, the fuselage of, uh, fuselage of, uh, ammunition. Uh, Clyde Barrow met Bonnie Parker when she was 19 and married. Uh, her husband was in jail for murder and, uh, she went and visited him every day in jail. They became a couple, a charming couple, ended up being bank robbers, and of course, uh, the most famous bank robbers of all time. Bonnie and Clyde, watch the movie if you haven't. It's fantastic. At the Home Depot, we have the tools for you to give the gift of a smarter home with savings on top brands, like the Google Hub, a command center for your smart devices that raises the IQ of your entire home, or the Nest Learning Thermostat that helps you conserve energy and save on your bill. And if you don't know what to get, gift cards are a smart gift no matter what they get. So this year, gift smarter with savings on tools to make your holiday magic. The Home Depot. How doers get more done.